boy. Oh, Hey then. Okay. Hello and welcome to To All the Rom-Coms I've Seen Before. This is a romantic comedy podcast with Francesca Giorgio and me, Hannah Thomas. Do we want to say our last names all the time? Yes. Do we want to feel like people's friends? So it's like Francesca and Hannah. Just coming back at you, your two pals, Francesca and Hannah. Do you want to start that in this episode? I can do another intro and then you can pick. I don't know. Let me think about it. People may comment in and say, don't say your full names, please. They'll <laughs> please beg for God. it. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it. Maybe, that maybe in the Thomas, next episode. That maybe in the next episode. <laughs> oh my God, it's so boring. So, this is a podcast where we watch and review a different romantic comedy every week, both mm-hmm. critically and comically. Mm-hmm. And we delve into what we like, what we hate, maybe what's controversial, and we just... Uh, try and get a little bit something more out of this genre that's just been lying in a ditch for the last 10 years (laughs) yeah it's like it was um sleeping beauty but instead of us trying to wake it up being weird (laughs) we are trying to wake up by being weird but not like that (laughs) okay we're gonna start off with opening credits (laughs) you don't want to say what (laughs) oh shit yes (laughs) yeah sorry When you're 15 years old, you know exactly how it works. If you haven't noticed, I'm a woman now. I wear a bra! Just when you think you're getting somewhere, your whole world can turn upside down. Maybe to the dismay or the joy of people born around the late 90s, mid to late 90s, Mm. this week we are reviewing Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. (sighs) Today... It's the first day of my life as the new Georgia. Life's biggest adventure is just beginning. I like you, Georgia. Even though you are mad. It's been an experience to watch this film again. If we start off with opening credits, mm-hmm. our first segment, when we give our general thoughts about the film, would you like to go sure, first? Sure, 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 sure. Um, so, basically... This is the first time I've watched this film, though there was another time where I kind of watched it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I may have given you this anecdote before, but I'm not 100% sure. So basically, there was a point where, shout out to my first boyfriend, uh, (laughs) he kissed one of my best friends at the time. Did not know this. Again, shout out if you're still listening. Hello, it's not actually about you. I'm just setting up a story. But basically, the weekend after I found out, like a load of us try to hang out um and it was during like my birthday week too oh my God. so um people were trying to hang out in celebration of me mm. um i wasn't really feeling myself but anyway mm. very sad weekend you know <laughs> oh my god i decided to step away from that weekend and just uh go back to my friend's house with him and another one of my friends um and we just hung out had a sleepover it was cute i suppose um though they did put on angus fongs and perfect snogging oh my god and i i i don't know maybe that was the worst part of my weekend (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i do journey back to that time in my life and i i do i feel i remember feeling very angry i think i ended up falling asleep in sadness Mm. i think that was the sad that was just you know that tipped my mood. Yeah. So I stayed away from it since. Your personal circumstances and experiences surrounding a film can really affect how much you no, 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 like no, no. or hate it. Don't don't blame. Oh no no no! I'm not saying that that is the chief reason why you hate this film. 
I think even a good film can be tainted by like a horrible no, experience you know surrounding what? it. A good film would have been able to lift me up a little. And a reasonable film would have at least been able to distract me from my pain. True. This film made me think What is the point? What's left? <laughs> I'm gonna go to sleep because I'm not sure what's left. If these are the leftovers of life, then maybe hunger for a while. Oh my is god. Fine. I'll let that tummy rumble. Okay. <laughs> So you didn't go into this film feeling any particular fond memories for it as I did. I was angry. Even as a teenager who was in need of something romantically refreshing Mm. and comedic at the very time of putting it on, Mm. precisely at that time. Oh dear. It didn't provide me with that. So I'm just like, well, if you couldn't provide me with that then, or even like mere distraction, and you only provided me with anger. Mm. And again, I was a teenager. I'd taken in loads of different forms of media at that point. I knew in my heart of hearts, (laughs) in my mind of minds, in my soul of souls, that this was not okay. And it was bad. I can't believe I didn't tell you that story. I really thought I had. No. Great. (laughs) Brilliant. So I have seen this film more times than I can probably count. Okay. It came out in 2008 Mm -hmm. when I was 11, when I was just in my first year of secondary school. So it was very formative for the time that it was made. And the way that I was when I watched it, Uh I loved it. Unfortunately, (laughs) I hate the way that I was when I was 11 because I think most people do. Like, just the sort of cringe factor and, like, the things that you sort of said and did and thought were cool. You're like, no, I had a uni brow, but I think I was all right with myself. (laughs) Otherwise. But I was in the sort of, oh, I'm so random, lol, XD sort of club, wearing, like, neon things and being a fashion disaster. and Yeah, but that was okay at the time. It was fine at the time. Yeah. But now that I'm nearly 22, it fills me with a cold shiver. So the thought of watching this film... It reminded you of who you were. Yeah. So that's a you problem. So I... Yeah. So I assumed it was shit. It's not great. There's lots of things that are deeply problematic and would be picked up on if it was made in 2019 Mm -hmm. but it's honest yes and it is what it is it's just quite an innocent and fun depiction of what it's like to be a teenage girl and also the soundtrack is brilliant and that brought back a lot of very 2008 specific memories for me oh i agree actually yeah so the first song comes on she's so lovely by scouting for girls and i was like Oh. I really like the opening. After avoiding watching it for ages, I put that on and it came on and I just thought, this is going to be okay. The opening scene worked out. Yeah. You know what? If if the whole film is of at least this quality, mm. it could be kind of corny at times, corny. but basically very passable. Mm. It wasn't what happened, <laughs> though, was it? It's not what happened, though. No. no. Let me just check my notes. The actress who plays Georgia is... Drumroll... Not a good one. In this film, anyway. In this film, it's it's so hard to connect with her. And it reminded me of, like, very bad actors in, like, Tracy Beaker or something like that. <laughs> that would be a reason why a lot of people wouldn't give Tracy Beaker a, a shot. Just because mm. of a couple of bad actors here in the background. Yeah. This person's in the forefront of the whole film. Mm. And I'm supposed to be like, cool, let's relate. Yeah. No. 
I think that might be partly down to the way that the character's written is quite difficult to deliver i think some of the corny lines i think i i do wonder about the direction of the film and mm. i think this was based on a book but i feel it like is, the, the person who wrote the script and i could be wrong but i think like when they wrote the the screenplay they were like 40 it's either the person who wrote the screenplay or the person who wrote the book I, I think this is why i find it a bit insidious like all the problematic stuff that's in there yeah because a lot of stuff from that time era of course is going to have like super dated weird stuff in it mm. but the sheer amount that was in here it, it it really felt like someone pushing their own like kind of hateful agenda to kids and, right. and that i found particularly uncomfortable okay I can tell you that all of like her sort of cringy turns of phrase and stuff like that are all straight from the book because I read all the books. Okay, so who wrote the screenplay and who wrote the book? So the books, I forget how many there are now, but it's something like six or seven books, maybe six. Too many books. The film covers the first two. You're not appreciating that (laughs) reference, really. Uh, Louise Renison wrote the books. Wait, you know what Too Many Cooks is? We're watching Too Many Cooks today. Oh, Christ. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, everyone else would have laughed when I said Too Many Books just now. Okay. To the point where it's staying in, even though it's not beneficial to this conversation. I don't get it. (laughs) I'm so sorry I put you off track, but it was needed also. So, Louise Renison wrote the books. Mm Mm-hmm through the late 90s to like the early noughties mm. and Gorinda Charda picked up the option on the books to direct the film and she also wrote the screenplay with like a few other people including her husband I'm pretty sure have you read the books Do I've read know? all the books a lot so. so the same cringy language is in them yeah. but is the same like really overtly problematic language in it something that's different from the books actually is Lindsay so in the books she's called wet Lindsay which just means she's sort of like a bit of a drip and like she's sort of if I remember rightly she's supposed to be very long and thin like with not much to her and she's supposed to be a bit sort of insipid and Mm. sallow I guess and in the film she's slaggy Lindsay which is just a very problematic nickname yeah it's villainizing someone whereas like someone having a wet personality is somewhat of a mean it's a mean nickname but it's not slut shaming yeah it's a it's a sensical criticism at least a sort of preoccupation with sexual language and um like the uh, the physical attractiveness test that the girls mm. do on each other is in the books. Which I understand. Mm. And I feel like the books, I mean, I could be wrong, but if the books are written better than the screenplay, and because there's like seven of them, I would like to think that that was handled with more sensitivity and care or just everything was maybe in the books. I don't think the test was handled that badly in the film, honestly. Oh, you lot are so sweet. I got mostly eight for everything. So did I. Hey, who gave me a four for my nose? And look, someone else gave my mouth a six and one third. What's wrong with my mouth? I think that it, that can be a part of very shallow teenage life, and I'm not. It's just realistic to yeah, what I, young I, teenagers I don't do think that's to themselves. Problematic in a way of like because they do address it. You know, yeah. they address it and it gets resolved in some way. So I, even though like that's not a great behaviour, I don't think the film pushes that to be seen as the norm or to treat it like. Yeah, it's, they don't frame it as something really healthy to do. Yeah, they don't because they don't frame her as a character as being very moral and that yeah. like she has 
And it causes conflict. Yeah, you know, she has problems that piss a lot of people yeah. off that she needs to resolve. That works. And I, I'm, I don't have a problem with that kind of thing. It's most of the rest of the film. It's really concerning to me that this is a Nickelodeon made film. Mm. So it's like, well, this is tied to kids and preteens and maybe teenagers. Yeah. And it has so much, like, hateful language in it towards women. It has a girl basically getting assaulted and tackled to the ground in it. And that guy is rewarded at the end of the film. Mm. And it it does just feel like the screenwriter really did push their agenda. Because, again, it was just, like, stuff that was so at the forefront and all normalised and all exaggerated and just all there. Whereas I think a lot of other films, even of that time, would have had a couple of comments here and there that are a bit, oh, mm. that's weird. Yeah. Um, but this was all just like, this is someone's philosophy and they are normalising it in children's language and mm-hmm. they are not giving resolve to all of that. Yeah, it just really made my skin crawl because it just seemed like a very unpure intent behind a lot of the film. Yeah, I think... Because we have the luxury of looking at it now, 11 years later, mm. we can pick up on all of... And I think if I'd been 20-something years old watching it when yeah. it came out, I'd like to think that I would have been able to pick up on at least some of the things that are just not okay in the language of and the course. treatment, particularly of like young women. But it's of its time when people weren't as sensitive to these issues as they should have been because it's so honest in the way that it depicts like just the experience of being a teenage girl i Mm. think it did some good yeah i agree it had some positive impact there is like a redemption story i don't think the actress really helped us get to that story but in terms of structure and plot points and character arc Mm. That was all there and that was all very neat. If this was an adult film and it had controversial themes that were so hammered in mm. throughout the whole like structure of the film as it was with this and if, if it was like a film for adults, I think it would have raised people's eyebrows in some way. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's like a whole arc that gets to me of like people not taking kids' content seriously and not yeah. treating it with as much respect or decency mm. as they should i think that's probably why none of the problematic stuff was picked up on that's the thing it's because it was in like a film that was aimed at teens and preteens. I, I think that's exactly why it went under the so radar it and deemed important people didn't criticize it mm. because yeah like you said it just was not deemed mm. important whereas i think again even if even if it was different kinds of weird agendas and belief yeah. systems if they were in an adult film it would have been at least commented on and criticized mm. Even if it was different stuff, if, like, the content of it was different, if someone had that same pattern mm-hmm. of really hammering that stuff in, which this film so, so did, mm-hmm. really, it it is a belief system that it builds up and this worldview that it builds up. It's not just, like, some comments here and there. The only other thing I've put in capital letters for the opening credits is, are these characters real? Oh, I know. Because, yeah, the writing is very flawed yeah so i don't know which ones i believe really yeah i just have to take it for what it is which is like a fairly badly written cringy teen film Mm -hmm. which is like fine until about 10 minutes before the end and even really at the end i hadn't forgiven her like i don't like her as a character i get that georgia she's horrible to her parents which i hate as a like a trait in any character yeah even though teenagers think it's cool to be like mean to your parents it's not cool 
If you're a teenager, it's not cool. Yeah. Go and hug your mother. It she thinks that they're rude. damaging her permanently by not letting her have some ridiculous like party at a club. Like yeah, like something out of what's that American show called? Sweet Sixteen. Right. There, Horrendous. There was one scene where she like storms out. Uh, of the room and goes to her bedroom and i think i remember saying aloud like what's actually her problem yeah i can't i don't know what this problem is yeah what more do you want (laughs) yeah it was i remember hating that even watching it as like a younger person good for you because i was never like that with my mum. yeah like oh it's really cool to hate you no it's not i think i i saw portrayals of teenagers like there are in this film and i thought i don't want to be like that basically the rest of her friends had likable qualities I like jazz. there was the blonde girl in it who didn't really speak forget what her name is rosie yeah rosie and ellen right i was gonna call her ellie i thought ellie was good and she just should have got more screen time and more lines mm-hmm. there was one point where she just said the word true and i was like I believe that more than anything the protagonist has said. It was just the way she said it. I was like, that sounds like someone actually saying the word true. Yeah, she uh, she was quite good, I thought. I thought she was quite funny. Yeah, she she should have just had more. And she shouldn't have been put together with that creepy guy at the end. Yeah, but her parents, I think, are incredibly likeable. I don't know whether it's just me watching it as a, like an older person, so I sympathise more with the parents than I do with the preteen. She's incredibly unlikable mm-hmm. in the first maybe hour and 20 minutes of the film yeah even at the end which still pissed me off she never apologizes to jazz for the things that she said jazz treats her so well yeah and then like the the idea that jazz would actually help plan this party too after everything that happened after not getting an apology or anything no apology no resolve no acknowledgement no bad behavior jazz was way too good for all of us in this film (laughs) i thought that was really awful i'd only realized it from watching it yesterday yeah i never realized before that she She never says sorry bad it was so weird because jazz was the one constantly making the most effort to keep balance to to help her get what she wants inviting her to things and stuff yeah and georgia would always just like roll her eyes or say something like oh well that's not what i mean she calls her a turnip yeah it's just like (laughs) outrageous it's just so she's so mean to her for no reason when she's just like trying to do like the the nicest thing for her it's really I like hate that. literally it's almost everything she says at one point mm. georgia just comes out with with something like snarky or ungrateful sounding so and i'm like mean. i don't understand it made me sad i can see the good parts mm. i'm not unaware but <laughs> i feel like the bad parts they're just very disheartening generally the bits that i liked there were some good emotional beats i liked the bits with her parents mm. i loved the soundtrack, which is, you know, reminiscent of a very specific oh, time. The soundtrack's perfect. That ultraviolet song that the oh band played. I got I, that was almost my sweetest feeling because I had to pause it and be like, I'm gonna re-experience I this song now. I somehow remember that song. I know all the lyrics still. But I never watched the film <laughs> until a couple of days ago. It's a bit so weird that you know it. the song. <laughs> this uh shaped our culture in some way. Yeah. I was singing along with the songs as they were coming on and I wasn't even realising that I was doing it. All of them are just like, these are good, solid song choices mm-hmm. and they're, they're very reflective of the time in a way that I found quite comforting. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like... I would listen to that soundtrack. Really comforting nostalgia. I do listen to that soundtrack can, still. It's on Spotify. It is. I know saved. that now. <laughs> the next segment is called Is the Meet Cute? Where we discuss the characters meeting for the first time. So, okay. they meet in... The organic food shop mm-hmm. that is owned by Robbie's family. Yeah. 
How did you find it? <laughs> the scene itself is blank to me in terms of my memory of... Do you know what part I found funny was Jazz? When she was doing that low voice and she was like, Hi Tom, can I get some onions? <laughs> I thought she was really funny. She was the best actress maybe of the whole film? I'd say so. She was easily the best like teen The best one who had it. more lines Yeah, the than best others. prominent role. Because the one who played Lindsay is the actress who goes on to uh, be in Fresh Meat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. Basically about the meat cute, I don't really remember the happenings of the scene. I just remember how I felt watching it. Okay. How I felt watching it was there's an awkward energy. Yeah. And I believed in it. Yeah. You know, being able to still believe in that despite the bad acting, potentially bad dialogue of the scene. I, I Again, I can't remember because I zoned out a little. Okay. I do remember the feeling and the feeling was... This is believable. I think it was as cute a meat cute as it could be. You like cats? Yeah, love them. Don't oh, I lovely jubbly? <laughs> Do you have one? Angus. Her cat's called Angus. He's part Scottish wildcat. I used to walk him by the sea, but he ate his collar and his lead. What? That's sort of what I like about this film is it captures quite well the awkward energy. Yeah. of like being a teenager and being in front of someone that you really fancy. It manages to capture feelings throughout of like adolescent. Yeah. But it just doesn't do them the most crafted or thoughtful no. or respectful way of its audience. Yeah. Like I don't think the person writing this film really cared about the audience. Yeah, the dialogue is not great, but I did quite like the bit where he's holding the cat and he's like making a fuss over the cat and he's like, oh, lovely, look, jubbly. <laughs> and then she like goes like... He's quite a good actor, actually. Well, he's like gone on to be he's, very successful. He's, he's a famous boy and a cutie too. He is fit, yeah. I looked up his age and when he's filming this, he is 17. So it's not appropriate to say that he's fit. Well, I said he was cute. Oh, for God's your sake. Your words, your problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's very objectively nice looking. I could think that when I was 11. It's not all right anymore. I could still think he was cute and good looking. But yeah, thinking he's sexy would be... No. Weird. No, I didn't say sexy, so that's fine. You said fair. That's I very did, yeah. close to <laughs> So close that I actually forgot what you said and replaced it with sexy, so let's get some perspective. But yeah, it captures that sort of not knowing quite know what to say and just sort of bit... Because, I mean, if that was me mm. and it wasn't a cat, because I hate cats, if he was holding a dog... I'm very indifferent to them. Great. <laughs> well, because when I say I'm indifferent to cats, this is a slight tangent. Shout out it. to all my terrible friends. But basically, whenever I say I'm indifferent to cats, literally I'll say, I just don't care about them and everyone makes so much of a fuss about them. So just because you and don't And then love one them. of my friends will exclaim to the group, do you know she hates cats? Oh my I'm God. like, that's Well, I really do hate cats, so you can yeah. have fun with that. <laughs> so note the differences, everyone. I'm Francesca. She's Hannah. She's the cat hater. <laughs> I'm Hannah. I, just I hate feel cats. Different. They are the spawn of the devil. Right. They're really See, evil. That's the one you should really come at. Um, I'm going to take Hannah everywhere with me from now on as yeah. an accessory for yeah. you all better understanding me. She will be my narrative tool. So you're going to take me everywhere with you to make you look better? To be my narrative tool. <laughs> Yeah, duh. So I think they have like a little bit of a rapport going in the meet cute. Like she asks about his band. Like they both like cats. It's very basic. If you say so. Look, it's very basic for like a first boyfriend, like first foray into talking to someone that you fancy type thing. It's not an unsuccessful conversation. I didn't find it cute. Only in a sort of cringy, endearing type of like, oh, I've been there kind of well, way. Yeah, that's a type of cute. I feel I like know, endearment but... is usually a type of adorableness. Yeah. I feel like it goes under that umbrella. I just didn't feel anything. None of my romantic 
empathy, feelings were, were stirred. Nothing romantic, maybe something potentially a bit sweet. Yeah. If the film was about crushes. Because we have romantic comedies and then we just have comedies. Maybe we should have crush comedies. Yeah. Which are like just about things that don't quite make it on the romance scale. I don't know how compelling that would be, to be honest. If it was just a crush and it was her working through that crush, I think that'd be fine. I don't and think they have people a quick would watch, fling no. and it got flung. I'm going to firmly disagree. I don't think people would watch that without the payoff of them getting together at the end. I think they would. I'll write, you might. I'll write it. I'll write it. <laughs> And then I'll watch it at least. Okay, that's fine. And then. I'll get whoever is involved in my life to out of obligation. Yeah. That'll be pluralized then. And <laughs> it'll be people watching it. <laughs> so <laughs> Okay. Then then I'll be wrong. My goal. Yeah, I have nothing else for it is the no. meet cute. It is yeah. literally like I kind of believe it as much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe that they could be attracted to one another or they could be interested in one another. Because mm. the awkward energy is probably real because they're teenagers at the time yeah. like i don't know how much they could be professional and separate that from their puberty so actually that may be why it was actually believable yeah not a bad thought the next segment kind of goes into that okay in terms of the chemistry and whatnot and yeah. i've kind of already given my opinions here mm. but the next segment is called ridiculous yeah. where we discuss the character's chemistry if it exists which i think it does because I think it does a little bit. It's an awkward energy. Yeah. And I feel like I've already just said my points about it. Well, yeah. I still like the pool scene. Even though my first thought this time was that kissing in an outdoor pool just seems cold. That's a very cynical take. <laughs> I just looked at her and I thought she looks cold. I mean, it is a pool in England too. <laughs> well, exactly. So that didn't give me a great feeling. But apart from that, I thought it was very sweet. Mm-hmm. And it sort of establishes that because he he like he doesn't make fun of her but like he's sort of laughing at her badly fake tanned legs he's laughing with her really and it sort of establishes that he likes that about her that she's a bit she's supposed to be a bit quirky and a bit unusual right okay let's do handstands (laughs) i'm really good at this okay you're on georgia why are your legs orange oh my god please don't look at that (laughs) they're like giant cheesy puffs also you keep on stealing my sweetest feeling bits oh sorry that's tough shit i'm afraid it's an accident and a clinky dink but it is a crime too i know but you can have different things to say about it not really let's continue yeah it establishes the fact that he likes sort of her slightly nuttier qualities i guess and that's quite a sweet thing between them because that's something that she can't really help that's something innate about her yeah and he appreciates that i feel like something that gave a similar vibe but maybe more so as though it was a mutual thing was Mm. when they were air guitaring even though it was quite a cringy scene (laughs) and i'm I'm definitely not saying i liked that scene it wouldn't be my sweetest feeling Mm. we all know what that is now um But it was a scene that was just like, oh, he likes that he can do this with her. And it's like, Mm. there's a potential friendship and a liking of the person, not just being attracted to them in the awkward teenage Mm -hmm. energy that you both clearly have for one another. I liked the kiss in the pool. I liked it when I was 11. I still quite like it now. That's cool. It sort of makes me, aww. Look, Look at those little kids, like just having... Oh, their first little romance. That's nice. That's about as far as it goes. If you were a person swimming in that pool... I would be tutting at them like an old woman. Oh, no. Don't kiss in the pool. Get out of the pool and kiss. No, don't be having fun near me. No. And then you'd get out your crystal ball and you'd be like, 
and you have a girlfriend, excuse me, <laughs> splash on out. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, so that's a bit of a damper on it because he has a girlfriend when he kisses her. I mean, I feel like every scene of the film, any slightly redeeming element, you can be like. Well, there's a dampener on it. Yeah. Because it's a pool scene you could make a pun out of. And it's sort of... The dampener. Yeah, but the the bummer about the film, really, is like it frames it as George is the one he's supposed to be with. I can't believe you didn't laugh at what I said. What did you say? I said, because it's the pool scene, you can make a pun on the dampener comment. No, I just left that behind. (laughs) You abandoned me in the process. (laughs) I want you to know. You can't just leave my puns behind guilt-free because the film frames georgia as like the one he's supposed to be with yeah and Lindsay is supposed to be like all wrong for him because she's <sighs> slaggy awful uh, and which, she's yeah. you know mean to georgia because they set Lindsay up as being like this terrible person you're supposed to think that it's like perfectly okay that he kisses georgia yeah when it's while like, he's got a girlfriend because it's like oh well Lindsay's horrible so it doesn't really count because he's like cheating on her with georgia who's supposed to be much better we're, for we're him we're told she's slaggy Oh, so the fucking only awful. mean quote-unquote thing she does is suss georgia out and art tells her to stay away yeah which is kind of fair enough she straight up pushes her over oh yeah georgia would have pushed her over too well she kicks jazz she kicks jazz right in the leg for really, doing nothing really wrong. aggressively yeah after saying some horrible things to her about her and her boyfriend i'm never gonna get over that because i think it's, it's really out of order that she never had to apologize yeah anyway this is nothing to do time. with ridiculous oh well what is really so well i thought the chemistry was sweet to an extent believable but it didn't blow me away because i didn't care i get that yeah and i didn't want her to get what she wanted because i didn't like the film should have just been about it should have been a redemption story and about her crushing it should have been like a comedy about her crush Mm. i think it would have been nice for like her character arc not to be about getting a boyfriend but to be to learn how to better treat other people it nearly was that but they wanted both so they exactly so they focused that they um, focused made sure Lindsay's boobs came out that's also like which the parents laughed at too yeah and to reach into somebody's bra and pull out their fake boobs is like... Again, this is a Nickelodeon film. So I am just like, that is purposeful. Mm. That's a choice. Mm. You're trying to implant certain messages and certain ideals and certain behaviours. Mm. Because they were just so drenched in the whole film. Yeah. Now I'm thinking back to my dampener pun thing and how you abandoned it. So I'm and just going to move on. move on. The sweetest feeling mm-hmm. is a segment where we capture what we feel to be the sweetest feelings and moments of the film, particularly between the two main characters, though Hannah likes to change this rule from time to time. Look, if I'm watching a rom-com and the couple don't give me the sweet feeling where I have to go, oh, and pause the film and collect myself, then I'm not going to put it in this segment. It's just going to be a running gag throughout this whole podcast of you changing the rules. No, because if it's a good enough rom-com, then the sweetest feeling will be a moment between the two leads. If that's how you want to gauge what is and isn't a good rom-com, I'll I'll keep that in mind the next time you change the rules. Okay, okay. So everything you said about the pool, um, Mm -hmm. him laughing at the orange legs, Mm -hmm. um, and all of that dialogue before they kiss, and him even like ducking his head under to check out her legs and stuff, and kind of like affectionately just like stroking them. That was all quite sweet, and I I believed like yeah, I believed in Mm. in that. chemistry completely Mm. i don't have too much more to say about it i feel like you said it all quite well and this is where 
uh, I take the mask off and it's like, it's me. I was the hypocrite and rule breaker all along because my sweetest feeling no. <laughs> is everyone calling her out on her shit in less than five minutes. It literally happens within five minutes. It's like the person she takes on a date, Jasmine and someone else. Well, Robbie has a good go at her. So in the rain, when she's yeah. picking up the litter because she's had detangent from yes kicking jazz in the leg yeah Yeah. so So then robbie comes and he's like you pissed a lot of people off the date calls her out and it kind of feels out of nowhere because there's no indication that he knows what she did Mm. until he says it in the dialogue i'm like that's totally well done it gives us it puts us in the character's shoes of like oh part of my world's crumbling or Mm. something so i thought that was effective and fine and i liked that character too dave yeah, yeah, I thought it was all right. Apart from the whole Nunga Nunga thing. Yeah. But that's a big part of the books, so they put that in the yeah, film because of I that. Yeah, and I sort of thought, like, she treated that, she responded to that as though that was a peculiar thing to do. Oh, yeah, she didn't treat so, it as, like, normal. Because that's the thing. She only like, fake laughed. Yeah, I, I don't want people thinking I'm totally against anything remotely um, rude yeah or whatever because yeah. it's not that it's just it's a just lot of stupid. the weird ideas weren't addressed within yeah. the dialogue as potentially being weird or acknowledged as being wrong mm-hmm. and they were just there normal and glamorized and even rewarded in the case of the weird guy who she says and i quote you injured me yeah so yeah i mean you're talking about peter yes he assaulted her at that party he literally pushed her over into a bush and then tried to kiss her after she said no i'm not interested yeah that's sexual assault the end yeah and then she gets like taken the piss out of for that because everyone hates on her yeah she gets her knees scraped up her knickers are showing then her knickers are just the thing that's how is that not assault how does the dialogue not even address that he was in the wrong because i'm just like no i'm sorry even if it's like oh some things are seen as the norm at the time that isn't no it's not that's not again it it makes me angry because that is the screenwriter well that's normalizing behavior for boys something that's completely wrong and it is just like treating it as though that's okay he just got carried away because he really likes me no well that's what the dialogue does yeah 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 you know and they don't for none of her friends to go oh you're right even jasmine who's like a character who's very nice well she's just yeah she just looks at georgia like she's embarrassed her because she's like 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 she messed up lying there with her knickers out yeah like as though she messed up that's that's, he attacked her yeah if you saw someone like Lindsay just mocking her in that state then you'd be like oh it's the bad character saying a bad thing Mm. but one of the good characters to also have that reaction yeah i mean she didn't mock her but she's like she looks at her as if to say why have you done this yeah like, yeah. you've embarrassed Blame, me. Blames her. And, and that doesn't okay. get resolved. And no. again, in the film, he gets rewarded with one of her friends and they feel sorry oh, for him. so gross. So No one should feel sorry for him. He was a little creepy worm. At that point, I'm just like, oh, this is a 40-year-old writer who has their own beliefs and they're trying to instill it in children yeah. that the guy isn't actually that bad and yeah that's just very disgraceful like he might not know any better but then that behavior needs to be trained out yeah the writers do not writers do not justified there are so many films that we like from back in the day that have like weird implications that they may be a bit controlling of the girl and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but that was just very obvious and then it wasn't addressed yeah bizarre 2008 is too late to be saying that that sort of behavior is okay that's the thing there's no way that i thought the writer actually 
thought it was okay. And the people around her thought it was okay. Mm. I think they just had a belief that it was not that bad. You can have something like that happen in a film like this. Yes. But don't then leave it unaddressed. That's the problem, completely. Leave it without repercussions for him and to have it just be an embarrassment on her part. Yeah. That's awful. It was it was so terrible, especially because she gives the line of you injured me, mm. which then again gets totally brushed off overlooked yeah because he they feel sorry for him and yeah. he hooks up with someone and when we first met pete peter i don't know what his name is peter. and he had like this kissing business i was like That's disgusting at first no i was like you know what what a clever guy i was Ew. like i was like you know what he's polyamorous he's helping people he's looking at kissing as like this objective thing he's knowing where the boundaries are he's knowing where the lines are that's why i thought because he put it in like this business setting but no he only put that in that setting to control the situation yeah the kissing lesson scene makes me feel physically ill but it's meant to be cringy yeah hey we're supposed to be talking about the sweetest feeling <laughs> oh the sweetest feeling was everyone calling her out yeah I agree. Um, it's just so needed to happen. Mm. It was so satisfying for it to happen so quick. Mm. It harkens back to the thing of like the plot points are all there, the structure is all there. Mm. If the whole film went without that downfall of three people calling her out at once, I don't think that plot would have remained as strong. Yeah. I appreciated it. And then she had that whole montage after that of kind of self-discovery and self-reflection and yeah. and all that stuff was really good too, though it's hard to actually say how much she learned in the End. She doesn't apologise to Jazz. Yeah, we don't see any of it. No. We don't see any of it in action. We just are told that she's done these things in well, montage and voiceover. Yeah, sort of. Like, Robbie has a massive go at her because she's hurt a lot of people mm. by being, like, a selfish child, basically. You really pissed off a lot of people. The date's really cut up. He's my mate, Georgia. You never called me when you said you would. Why did you tell Jazz that my brother wasn't good enough for her? We were fine. Well, does that mean I'm not good enough for you either? Mm -hmm. I thought you were different than that, Georgia. You're just a kid. In a scene very soon after that, they're sat on the beach and he's like, you know, I wrote a song about you called Bitch in a Uniform and you were horrible, but I still like you. Yeah. She doesn't say at any point, like, yeah, I was you know, I'm going to fix this. She says, yeah. sorry. There's a difference between apologising and then trying to make the situation right. One of her indirect responses to all of these call-outs and these things happening was for her to close everyone off. And there's a bit of dialogue during the voiceover and the montages of her improvement. She basically implies that she doesn't have any friends and how that's for the best because people give toxic energy or mm. something that's not the lesson and no. i don't know when or if that properly changes and then also like an indirect response is her deciding to move and run away she yeah. wants to be to herself she wants self-improvement for herself self-improvement to an extent is meant to be for you but it is meant to be to do better by the people around you mm. particularly the people who you who you've hurt as well and mm. we're only really shown her wanting self-improvement for herself and for her new life and not for any of her friends back here because they're yeah, all she toxic wasn't gonna apparently make even ellen ellen and rosie rosie yeah yeah we're not if, seeing that fallout either. if jazz hadn't been so selfless and like such a nice mm. friend as to help organize her birthday party and if they had turned out to like actually be moving to new zealand she would have gone and never spoken to jazz again because she wouldn't have made amends jazz was the much bigger person and that makes me furious because that's such a one-sided relationship especially because it, it then leaves the character arc feeling somewhat 
incomplete. Yeah, it's not satisfying. She doesn't actually, Mm. if she does learn something, we're not seeing that portrayed in action. It's not even like sort of telling us that she's better like through sort of ham-fisted exposition or anything. It's just like, it's not addressed properly. If I saw this screenwriter in person, I don't know if we'd be friends. (laughs) If she listens to this, she'll probably be calling me a slut right now for some reason. Listen, she's made some good stuff. Bend it like Beckham. Oh, no, I know this actually. Yeah. I googled this. And she made another fairly good film called Viceroy's House, which was a couple years ago. Okay, she wrote this with her husband too. I'm just like, who can we blame? Who's the problem who we can fix by removing them from all creative projects involving children (laughs) because they're messing up? That film probably taught a lot of kids to slut shame as though it was okay that's fucking upsetting Mm. and it should have never been accepted in a kid's thing also like there's not like a ton of nudity in the film a weird amount of okay. showing something teenagers that is really boobs not cool. and butts something that's really not cool is them spying on Lindsay I, I was like this is a, this is not legal well, that's you're how literally they spying her on her cups yeah later on but that's not cool watching someone get undressed through yeah, binoculars no. in teenage films in the 90s guys would maybe do that and it was not great yeah but I mean at least then it was the 90s not nearly 2010 in a kids film oh. and I feel like even in a 90s film for the most part someone would catch them doing that and be like oh creep these people don't get it, that it's wrong and then actually use it to their advantage. Well, yeah, they're trying to learn like what kind of underwear she wears. Yeah, but then and, like, they whether just there's use anything it to sabotage fake. her. Yeah, whether there's anything too. fake about her, it's like this is so horrifying. Yeah, the the amount of comments made about because it is just about women's bodies. We're showing like Basically. someone's butt and someone's boobs, yeah. kind of like with underwear on. But I'm still just like, again, this is a Nickelodeon movie. I know this does not add up if one of the scenes had to be in the changing room and it was just someone in the background getting changed and it was just treating it like it was a normal no thing Mm. then maybe there could be some acceptance but this is horrific yeah pretty much (laughs) the sweetest feeling segment is getting trashed somewhat i was gonna say something to cheer it up one of my best friends Uh, who loves the film, wanted to share her thoughts as to why she's not a Brit like us. So I think the film was cute to her in that sense. Mm -hmm. Let's just see what she has to say about this. Okay, here's a better description of it. I'm going to compile what I liked of the first two clips I sent you. (laughs) One, um... (laughs) Cut that out. Um, (laughs) I think thinking about it because before you post this I hadn't really thought about why I liked this movie but I do think that it's her character is like very very flawed and I never thought I would be analyzing this movie in this way (laughs) but I think it is because she's flawed because one I think of what I was exposed to at least it was rare to get like coming of age movies like this for that age group. Like, the other one that's coming to mind right now is, like, Aquamarine. Um, that's, like, the only one I can do right now. But, of, like, of that specific age group. And she's very flawed. Like, she has her problems or whatever. Like, and she addresses those problems. And she's funny. And, yeah, she, like, works on herself. And, like, she does the stupid shit first, but then she fixes it, you know? It's almost like a very young, dare I say, Bridget Jones. (laughs) No. Um, Just in that she's not the stereotypical, like, pretty-looking girl, quote-unquote, type of thing. I think she's cute, but everyone else was saying that she wasn't because she wasn't stereotypically cute. And, like, that was nice that she was the heroine for that because... Like I said before, I don't think, at least 
for what I was exposed to as a young American gal, um, we didn't really get young teen coming-of-age stories like that. And mm. when we did, it was always that the main person was the victim of their own story, whereas, like, she was, not that she was the villain of her own story, but she was, she was. flawed, and they showed that a lot. Yeah, she was. <laughs> and it was more than just like, oh, I'm a clumsy little girl. Like, oh, look at me. I messed up because I tripped. Like, no, she made some mistakes. She said some fucked up shit. But <laughs> she addressed it, and she fixed it, and things worked out for her in the end. Now, I don't totally agree that she addressed it all and she fixed it, as we've talked about. Yeah. Especially the stuff with Jazz. I mean, I love Jess, and I'm very <laughs> grateful for that opinion. It, it's cute, but it's not correct. Yeah. No, I mean, you know what, it, it did make me think, yes, it was super important that she may not be seen as conventionally attractive and preteen coming of age films aren't really a thing. British ones mm. weren't really a thing, but I don't want to just give it credit for that. She also talked about Aquamarine, which like took me back to being like 10 years old. <laughs> Do you think Georgia has similarities to Bridget Jones? I think there are influences of the character of Bridget Jones, like, in the writing of Georgia. But I don't think it's... Really? Yeah, I think that they have tried to incorporate that, but I'm not saying it was a success. Huh. I'm going to talk about my sweetest feeling now, because I need a little bit of cheering up after we basically trashed yeah. the film in this segment. Well, look, that was my offering, because I knew I it would worked. be so bleh yeah. about everything. Yeah. So I just wanted to include Jess, who was less so. I really liked her parents, and most of the scenes with her parents. They were just good actors too, so well, that really helped. Okay, so she knows what I'm going to say now. Yes. <laughs> I'm aware of where we are. <laughs> I really fancy Alan Davis, who is the guy that plays her dad, and I did when I was 11. <laughs> I don't know why. No, I can't explain to you why. You've had years of harbouring this. You should have figured out some sort of solutions. Yeah, I don't have a solution for you. I still don't know. Okay, let's try and break it down now. Let's try and figure out <sighs> what over a decade's worth of a crush in a matter of moments. Um, his voice? His voice. He's got a lisp. Don't know why I like that. I just do. Right. His demeanour. Curly hair. Funny. I feel like his posture's not all there. Do you like people with not the greatest posture? No, I don't. <laughs> Right. But I've never noticed his posture to be not that bad. I feel like it's just a, a very typical, like, British posture. It's not like a Hollywood posture in a film. You know what I mean? I, I think, think it's he's real. Lovely. And he's a good actor as well. I'm just trying to figure out what's... I've got nothing more for you than that, honestly. No, let me... The curly hair. Oh, yeah, I said that. Right. <laughs> the face... You like the face? Yeah. The one he has. <laughs> Yes, I told you I don't know why. Not like it's terrible, but I'm just like, why would an 11-year-old crush on this? I don't and then, know. Do you think you have a type of person? No. <laughs> I didn't think you did either, because no. this does go against previous attractions you've told me you've had. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a type. I'm attracted to all sorts of weirdos. Well, yeah, same. But at least with all of mine, there is the theme of they have a low voice and it's smooth sounding. There is no commonality between the people that I'm attracted to. Yeah. The people I'm attracted to are celebrities, because as you know, the person I'm seeing currently, they do have a low voice. It's not smooth, though. It's kind of... <laughs> There's a bit more of a nervous energy to it. Yeah. <laughs> Will he be alright with that, do you think? Love you, come on the show. <laughs> Putting aside the fact that I really fancy Alan Davis, I just thought that some of the scenes between... Sorry, I'm trying to put it aside. I'm, I, I mentally told myself, okay, put it aside, and then I laughed. Put what aside? <laughs> Your crush on Alan Davis. You were like, let you we'll just put that aside. You're just going to have to live and with it. And I mentally it. really did try, and then I laughed at my brain aloud. <laughs> All right, don't put it aside. You can still think about it. As you were talking, I was trying to do it. So (laughs) I just really liked 
specifically the scene where she's helping him pack for New Zealand. I didn't pause it because like this film isn't Though, quite up there for me. Why couldn't he pack for himself? Because that's a tired trope that men literally can't organise their lives like, without women. The wife couldn't help me. <laughs> no, I'm just... Yeah, but that's that's not... She wasn't making a mess of the packing. They were having an argument and he was getting stressed out and upset yeah but he's a grown man i know i know i know i know putting that aside putting a lot of things aside we are there's yes. only so much i can mentally do i just like the bit where she gives him a hug because yeah. she's been so fucking mean to her parents so that bit is like oh yeah at least there's some feeling of resolve yeah, sweetheart can you give me a hand with this packing because your mum's making a right mess of it hey what is it munchkin dad I don't like it when you and mum fight. And she helps her mum out more um, yeah. without expecting anything to. Yeah. So that at least for the problem of, oh, she doesn't really respect her parents, there is some sort of like love. There and is, yeah, there is a development she, there. And then by the end, she says, you know, that she really likes the fact that her parents are so in love. Whereas mm-hmm. at the start, she's a stupid sarky teenager who's like oh it's so disgusting that my parents kiss all the time like do you know they how fucking lucky you so are well <laughs> they've got a, such a healthy relationship I have a functional family and my biggest problem is not getting the party i want don't it makes me so angry yeah. but there is some development there at the end although it does annoy me that the resolve to that particular arc is that she just gets the party i'm not surprised it's an again it's a nickelodeon yeah it's teaching bad things to kids really because it's like you just carry on being selfish and you'll get what you want anyway because that'll be the end of your film so to speak yeah but yeah i really liked largely the scenes with her parents in they gave me like a nice feeling and i thought they were believable as a couple as well because they were good actors i i do think because they are believable actors those were the scenes you could kind of relax yeah you weren't like on the edge of your seat with cringe you were just like oh great you could be like oh i'm actually watching a film (laughs) instead of oh i'm watching people try and act and fail oh oh (laughs) oh god it just came into my head the other bit with her dad is when she has the party at the end Mm -hmm. and he like dances through the crowd I told you I wouldn't miss your birthday party. It must be really hard for you to come to my office. And when I heard what happened, well, it broke my heart. Dad. That bit used to make me cry <laughs> when I was younger. So I thought that was really cute. And when he says to her about the fact that she went to his office and tried to get him to come back from New Zealand, and he's like, oh, you know, that broke that my heart. That scene was good too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So all the bits really involving, like, her parents and like her learning to treat them better is is what gave me like a nice feeling in hindsight they were scenes i could kind of relax Mm. in slightly and feel like i'm actually getting to know what the story is yeah um particularly when he was like oh that broke my heart like i yeah like (laughs) i i I, I believed in that completely yeah definitely i agree with that you you've enlightened me you and jess have helped me (laughs) appreciate my viewing experience you were having none of it until now yeah, there's still a lot that I'm just so unhappy with, and I feel like I've vocalised sure. that enough. <laughs> Confirmed, she has. <laughs> the next segment is called What Happened Next, where we discuss what happened next. She summed it up. <laughs> what do we think happens to the couple after the end credits roll, basically? I'll just go first because I feel like my stuff is so short and your stuff will be a lot more thoughtful. Cool. In caps, I've put zero slut-shaming 
we hope that's then, shooting for a lot i feel like oh it depends who writes it next you know what all the remakes and reboots why doesn't someone remake this because nobody wants it shut up people would want it <laughs> nobody wants this no <laughs> Even you don't want... You don't even want the original. No, if someone told me there was a remake, I'd go and watch it. I would go and watch it out of, like, morbid curiosity. I can't help myself. Because of uh, the year we're in and how aware everyone is of, you know, decency now more than ever. But also it functions as, like, a look at adolescence that is meant to relate to that audience so i think if you follow her it would have to follow like some new character you can't follow her when she's like 24 or whatever i said a remake dude not a sequel you can still have the problematic behavior you just call it out that would be nice it'd be cool but i don't think i care enough is that it for your what happened next no (gasps) the next bit is not gonna fulfill you at all great I'll just read from my notes. Can't wait. It was so completely difficult to feel anything other than sadness for this film. It was a challenge to take a step back and be a little less sensitive. Okay. Particularly when people said they liked it. Yeah. I don't think it was that bad. Yeah. That's my... Wait, why is that in my What Happened Next? I was going to say, that's a closing credit. (laughs) Do you want to (laughs) just... No, you know what? Let's keep it. Let's keep our flaws as obvious as Georgia kept hers. Cool. Very apt. I think I put that in my notes that it was so difficult to feel anything because when trying to think about their futures, I couldn't. I couldn't picture it because I could barely picture the story when it was right in front of me. I could barely feel anything for the story when it was right in front of me. So I cannot contribute effectively to this segment i'm just hoping everyone grows up i agree with you and that i didn't feel enthused enough to sort of ruminate on their future like as a couple fortunately this exercise fortunately i've read all the books so i could just tell you what happens yes okay please (laughs) so they date for a bit on and off and then he goes to new zealand he goes to new zealand for a job opportunity with the stiff dillons why why does everyone go to new zealand i don't know very strange. Huh. So they break up once he goes to New Zealand. Why doesn't she go with? Because she's at home with her family and she's like 14. No, if they've been together for a few years at that point. No, they hadn't. It was like not very, it was a few months. Oh, fair, fair, fair. So then they sort of date on and off over the next couple of books. Okay. Like when he's back. And then she dates an Italian guy called Massimo. <laughs> Sorry, my eyes rolled to the back of my head. I'm back now. I'm starting to think there's more than seven books, actually. So much happens. Throughout the entire series, she has on-off, like, kisses, dating spurts with Dave the Laugh. Dave being the mate who she had a date with. Yeah. She has, like, an on-and-off thing with him. They always sort of come back to each other and, like, kiss each other when they're in relationships with other people. And they're always sort of just like constantly entwined in each other's lives and then they end up together because she realises that he's the one that she really wants to be with, like, by the end. After she's dated these, like, other two guys. How strange is that? You just know, though, that even if they've built up, like, years and years of connection with these characters in the books, Mm -hmm. if there was another book where Robbie came back from tour, they'd hook up. Yeah. She'd leave Dave. Mm. The fact that you can even agree with that when you've read all the books. She doesn't really learn a lot. Well, I just don't know who to blame. Well, somebody's got to be responsible. When did you read these? I'm now concerned for your childhood. What happened? Well, before I saw the 
films. Nine, ten. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I know Jacqueline Wilson books got some like series and um, stuff, but there's so many books. I'm just like, why were there no movies? There was a Jacqueline Wilson book called Dumpster Baby that I was a fan of. Yeah. She was called April, and I was like, my birthday's in April. <laughs> so it's basically me. Yeah. I liked um, The Illustrated Mum. Yes. That was a good one. I liked that one. So many good ones. Did you ever read My Sister Jodie? No. <gasps> she died. Sorry for anyone who <laughs> wanted to... Jodie dies, sorry. <laughs> who would have thought they'd stumble into this podcast about rom-coms, about <laughs> Angus Fongs, and they'd find out, oh, the book I was reading. Yeah. So I think we can end with our closing credits. I agree. Wrapping up our final thoughts on the film, any pressing questions or issues we might have. Yeah. All I want to say is that as much as I procrastinated about watching this film again, because I all my lasting memories were like of how cringy it was, when I actually watched it, it did give me a little bit of a warm feeling of like, almost like when life was simpler, just being 11, right. enjoying the film, the soundtrack, like we've said. Of course. Very specific to the time. Yeah. And also some of the things that they say... I've realised that I still use now and oh, no. I forgot that they were from this film. Like the the set the weird sayings no. that they think of? Well, yeah. When they're spying on Lindsay and she takes the um fake boobs out of her bra uh-huh. and Jazz goes, What a swizz That does sound like something you'd say. I say what a swizz all the time. <gasps> and I also say I'm having a nervy bee. No you Yes, I do. Oh, no. Yikeroo. I've never... Yikeroo? <laughs> okay, you can join the club then. Yeah, but Yikeroo said almost, like, ironically. Ironically. Like, sometimes I'll say it dryly, like, Yikeroo. Yeah, I don't. I say Nervy B unironically. No, I don't doubt. <laughs> I'm still getting to know Hannah a little bit in this friendship, so... You We've know. known each other for, like... No, no. Three and a half years. <laughs> I'm just getting to know her, so I don't really know all these quirks, and I haven't fully made my judgments on her yet. Okay, that's um, great. I'll look forward to that. I'll be waiting with bated breath. Yeah. Um, you won't have to wait long. Okay, great. Uh, soon after this episode, <laughs> in fact. I just realised how much the film had hopefully not shaped the way that I am, because it's not not all of the influences are good. There's yeah, some of bad course. stuff in there. But it did have a lasting effect on me that was not entirely negative the thing is like i've said like the bad points about it shaping a world view and trying to push that down (laughs) young girls throats in particular yeah it's not good i think it was building a world view generally of a sunny british town and british slang and popular music at the time like there were were other parts of culture and worldview that it built in yeah i don't think any of the intentions were malicious i think they were ignorant and they were complicit in, you know, negative learned behaviours, especially, like, from boys mm. towards young girls. But... I disagree it, to an extent. Okay. Mm. I, I think it was born out of ignorance and, like, to an extent, apathy. Like, not wanting to really challenge any of those beliefs that were already I held. I suppose. I mean, you said yourself, like, in terms of the character of Lindsay, they changed her from being wet to be being slaggy Mm. that does seem intentional purposeful and considering a lot of the other comments that surround the film that were of that same 
slut shamey kind of tone mm. no i kind of believe that the extent at least the extent they went to it even though some of it may have been born out of ignorance the extent the normalization the glamorization of it mm-hmm. was a bit more intentional the in whole spirit. slaggy Lindsay thing does seem to perhaps expose some preoccupations on yeah. the, like the screenwriter's part some sort of internalized misogyny suspicion of you know attractive women yeah and thinking that spying on and objectifying and tearing apart the body of a 15 year old someone who i meant to believe is 15 in a kid's film i'm just Mm. like even though she looks like she's 25 (laughs) yeah well yeah she she probably is older (laughs) because of scenes like that but I think in 2008, I would like to believe that people were actually past that level of ignorance. Mm. And I genuinely think they were, just because of no. like, the types of media that came before it. Yeah. And I do believe there was intentions there that they met with a great impact. <laughs> Georgia mocks her dad for saying the word fella when she says a number of ridiculous things. Flip, flipper and flip in hell. It's I'm like, sure nobody's taking the piss out of you for saying things like that. We could totally add in a soundbite <laughs> of a compilation someone's probably made of that film. Yeah. Oh, flip, flipper and flip in hell. Excusez-moi. Say tray grotesque. Seeing old people over the age of 30 snogging is just horrific. I've got all jelloids. Ace gang, it's boy stalking time. <sighs> I knew they were cosmopolitan. You have to be emotionally sorted to be ready for a boyfriend. Jazz and I are there. We even devise a snogging skill. Get in there, you minger. I see a snog at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I always knew she was from Bulgaria. You can't mock someone for saying fella. When you say, say tray grotesque. Right. You unironically. Can't, you, can't, you can't. You can't. She's so mean to her dad. Let's just can't bear yeah. it. I also had a theory the other day, as most of you know, if you listen to us reviewing Kissing Booth, mm-hmm. we didn't feel fondly about it. And I also don't feel fondly about this film. If we had this story and plot points with the cast of Kissing Booth, maybe they had British accents or something, yeah. good ones. Yeah. That could be a good film, right? Because the, the actors in Kissing Booth weren't really terrible. Uh, no. I fully disagree. Um, <laughs> not compared to the... No, I think it's... The kid th- actors in... Uh, no. What do you mean? Just... In terms of the acting? Yeah. The acting quality? Yeah. I'm going to get in a sound clip of Georgia. <laughs> I think and it's be just... like, are you serious? <coughs> I don't know whether it was just the bad direction in Kissing Booth that resulted in like the weird sort of <sighs> stiffness of the characters around each other and like the weird like breaking out into fake laughter, which I found horrifying. See, I think that was direction more than anything. Maybe it would be better with those actors then, but it wouldn't add anything. It wouldn't make it less shit. And also, I would say... Yeah, because the dialogue would still be bad. I would say that the lead couple in Angus Thongs are one up on the people in Kissing Booth because they do actually talk about some things. They like each other's personalities. Yeah, there is some emotional connection there, whereas in Kissing Booth there wasn't. So it's not the worst rom-com that I've ever seen. No. (laughs) I feel like they're tied for me in different ways. Okay. In in different ways. Because, again, I think the plot points and the, the story of Angus Fong's is, is much better than Kissing Booth. And yeah. the, the structure and the character arc, mm-hmm. much more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, just very distracting, like the agenda potentially behind the screenwriter and the acting of some of the main cast. It was just a bit too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And the 
the dialogue was not it was it was dumbed down and totally pandering to children which is something i just fundamentally hate and disagree with in kids stuff and it it makes me very sad and angry for the most part anyway when it's like just superficial Mm -hmm. but this was problematic too yeah made me all kinds of upset have i made that clear i don't know if i mention it (laughs) i think fran is very upset with this film i don't feel too badly about it because it reminds me of a softer time thank you very much for listening thank you so much you'll hear from us again soon yep let's give you our apps for now in case you miss us you can follow me on twitter at hannah p-p-l-e after the hannah i am at francesca lou spelt l-u followed by an underscore and that's also my handle on instagram too thank you goodbye goodbye